Welcome to Banner Tools. This week, the Corky story. Here we go. So two more months go by. What was his demeanor? What was his response to the formal, you know? Oh, gosh. I remember this so clearly because I reviewed it with him in the airport <laughs> um, right before I was getting on a plane to go home for a little bit of a break. The break to go home and see my family was my gift to myself for getting through this meeting. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, uh, I was I was very nervous and very anxious about it. The way I would describe how he behaved is stoic. So behaviorally, he did not say very much. There was not a lot of facial expressions. He did not ask me any questions. He did not defend himself, nor did he say, I'll get better. He just uh, said things like, okay, I understand. And right. it was kind of like, just give it to me and sign and let me sign it. Right. No sign from him of, wow, I, I didn't realize it was to this point, Danny, and I'm, let's talk about how I can do better. He didn't ask me any questions about what do I need to do for the next two months. It was just like, okay, fine, I'll sign it. Right. At this point, he also uh, made comments about, well, maybe I should just um, go back to a role in the field and report to the executive director in Louisville. Maybe that's a role that's better suited for me than working for you. And I remember, again, shrugging my shoulders and saying, you know, if that's something that you would be interested in, then you need to talk to HR about that because I don't know if they have any openings. And, you know, that's really outside of my scope. I can't give you a job in the Louisville office. I did not have that authority. So another two months go by. <laughs> right. So now we're one month away from his review, roughly. One month. Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And again, Coaching, one-on-ones, every week, no significant improvement, no change. Did you ever ask him, why won't you ask people for the money? Why won't you ask him to volunteer? Yeah, what he would say is, well, I just feel like that really needs to be done by the local field staff. I'm just laying the groundwork for them to go back in later and follow up. And so as we got closer to the, to the end of this process, he started... Um, I would describe it as trying to redesign his job description as, oh, yeah. well, Danny, maybe that's not really, that's, I don't really think that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm just supposed to be going and opening doors in the community. Yeah, you hear from Louisville, you're supposed to go to some other town and open doors for people who are already in Louisville. Who already, right. I don't think so, yeah. Bubba. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't see that. Absolutely. So there's got to be another step. There can't just be one memorandum for record before the end of year review. Right? No. I mean, okay. Mm -mm. No. And as part of the memorandum for record is a very specific timeline of here's what needs to happen over the next 30 days. Right. This is how the Cancer Society defined coaching. To them, coaching was type up this document saying, here's all of the ways you're not doing your job. And then at the bottom of it say, and here's everything that you need to do over the next 30 or 60, 90 days. Right. Week by week, here's, here's what we need to see from you. And if you don't perform to these standards, then you could be terminated. And it was really a soft way of exiting people from the organization. Well, okay. By giving them a chance, the, way, the reason I say that is because there would be all of these things that, they, that, that managers would put in that. Here's all the stuff I want them to do over the next 30 or 60 days. And I know that they can't possibly do it. The task would be completely unrealistic. 
And basically what it was was... unrealistic? Are you saying that managers were behaving inappropriately by creating unrealistic expectations even outside of the job? Or you're saying it's unrealistic because at that point, if the manager had been doing what you had been doing, there's no reason to believe that they're going to have a pythianic kind of change. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they were realistic relative to the job. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think actually... See, then what I would say in that situation is that's just the organization giving someone really truly saying you're not doing your job we're going to list all the things that you're supposed to be doing in your job that you're not and we're going to give you one last shot we're going to give you one last chance and i actually feel like organizations ought to be able to hold their head up and say we do we give everybody one last chance the problem is that managers aren't doing the previous nine months worth of work that's the problem right yeah okay good and I will say this because I talked to I, I talked to enough managers during my time there to know the side conversation that would happen with people during those meetings was, you know, you probably should start looking for another job. Yeah. And it was a way to basically say, this isn't working out. We're probably going to have to fire you. But I don't want to just fire you, right? Because we're a nonprofit and that would be kind of right. mean and we don't want to yeah. be mean. So we're basically putting you on notice and giving you the next two, three, four months to go find another job. Right. Because I can tell you from having worked there for a long time that very few people, when they got put, quote unquote, on coaching, actually ended up being terminated because most of them found another job and resigned before that happened. Yeah. It's like being on a PIP, a performance improvement plan. Yeah. And, And even fewer of them successfully made it through that coaching to come out the other side and stay employed and do a good job. Right. 98% of the people that went through the process either quit or were fired. Yes. Which tells you the process doesn't work. That's right. <laughs> unless That's the process, what I mean. Unless the process is built to protect the organization. And unfortunately, a lot of HR departments, a lot of bad HR departments in the world have built processes that are primarily built to protect the company while acting as if the manager should be doing their job in advance, which they know darn well the manager's not doing their job, they're primarily built to protect the company rather than to save the employee. Whereas what exactly they should have done, right. what I would have recommended, what we recommend is build a process that will say that that will try to save the employee legitimately, but at the same time will also protect the company as a secondary or subsidiary responsibility exactly of the right. process. Yeah. Okay. So you give him a final written warning, right? Final written warning. It's been 11 months he's worked for you. Yes. Two months after the 90-day warning. Yes. I assume it was still specific. You seem to be good at this specific yep. stuff. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Misdeliverables, examples of feedback uh, given during our weekly one-on-ones. And yeah, so we're down to the last 30 days. And you know, I, I have to have that conversation with him, which is very difficult. Yet I do remember feeling like, this is the right thing. And I have worked so hard. I've done, you know, I don't know what else I could do at this point. Yeah. Now I will say this is where things politically started getting. Which which essentially (laughs) means he didn't believe you'd actually go through it. Yes. And I started hearing rumors that, you know, Corky's talking to the COO and you might get fired, Danny. You might get in trouble for this. You know, Corky's, you know, been talking to folks. He's talking to the COO. The COO had a very good relationship with the CEO. They had worked together for years. They were very tight. You know, he's talking to the CEO. You know, good this Lord. is not good for you. Or, you know, I, I'm hearing... Who are you hearing I'm hearing from? rumors. 
Actually, I'm hearing some of it from, from my other boss. two directs. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yes, from my boss. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She, I, I remember her telling me they had an executive team meeting. I remember her telling me. So we talked about Corky in the executive team meeting. And, you know, the CEO was, or the COO, right? Corky's friend. Right. Was, you know, not complimentary about you, you Boy. know, in front of the entire executive committee. Yeah. Executive team. Yeah. Folks, I'll tell you what. That guy wasn't doing his job. He was worse than he wasn't doing his job. He was engaged in a malicious effort that was unethical, unprofessional. And uh, the only thing worse than that is that his boss, the CEO, watched him do it. Yeah. And I'll never forget, it was, it was about this time that he came down to my office one night. Uh, it was probably like 6 or 6.30. Corky was gone. And uh, he stood in my office door and he said, you know, you might want to consider that we do things a little bit differently down here in the South. <laughs> yeah. It's been 11 plus months. Yes. <laughs> His HR people who report to him gave him a review. Everybody had to know that Corky got it too. Yeah. And he sat there asleep at the switch and then threatened you. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I want another life and I want to be an executive somewhere just so I can get rid of all the people that are like that. <laughs> yeah. He couldn't manage his way out of a wet paper bag, let alone lead it. Yeah. Right? It's literally the antithesis of leadership to be presented with piles of data that say X and then to go threaten the person that brings you X. It was a very disappointing time for me. It was very, I was very, I was very saddened. Um, and, you know, I was, I'm not proud, but, you know, I was pretty angry. I was, I had moments where I was, you know, I'm doing I'm the right working, thing for the organization. I'm doing, yeah. I'm yeah. working my butt off. Like, I'm trying to raise. $38 million so we can find a cure for cancer. And, you know, I don't know. You guys have... are behaving like old boys that like to sit around and drink and play golf together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people are dying. Yeah. This, this is, you know, this is serious. Yeah. But you're going to take care of that buddy who's not helping. Yeah. And who costs us money, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of money. A lot yeah. of money. Absolutely. So the 30 days go by. Um, and during this 30 days, I'm still doing our one-on-ones, but at, at this point, Quirky's behavior has, has really turned the corner. And now he's coming into the one-on-ones. He's not communicating. He's, um, he's not sending me updates like on email, you know, days go by where I'm not hearing from him when he's, you know, when he's out of the office. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty clear that he's, kind of drawing the line in the sand and he's right. th this is he's not prepared to let his political buddies fight the battle and get him to keep keep him or find another job for him or whatever yeah 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 and it was uh, you know our one-on-ones he would try to get out of them he would try and cancel them he would send me emails and say oh, i don't really think we need to talk this week and i would say no oh, no i, I yeah. really think we need to you know so so let's let's keep on you know I, and i kept saying you know corky i don't want it to be like this i don't I know you're upset and I know you're not happy with right. how this is going and I'm not either and I don't want to have to fire you in a month. I'm still here fighting. Like, let's do this together. Um, and he What would you just, have done if the right after that he said, Danny, I feel like a fool. I haven't been working hard enough. If you'll give me two months, I promise you in this next month, I'll prove to you that I want to grow. I'll prove to you I'll do what you asked me to do. I know it's my job and I'm going to do it. If he attempted to do that after a week, even though he'd been he'd been failing for 11 months, you probably would have given him a oh, month, gosh, wouldn't you? Yes, yeah, yes. anything. As long as he then actually for the next three weeks busted his tail yes. and showed you some glimmer of hope. 
Absolutely. Yeah. But of course Absolutely. he didn't. Yeah, but he of did. course he didn't. Of course he didn't. Uh, so it's time to write annual reviews, right? which means it's time for me to send, you know, the update and my recommendation, right? And my, so what they're, what they're looking for from me is Danny, you either need to do his review and he needs to have higher than a two, which is basically you're recommending or you're saying, okay, he's improved. So I recommend we take him off of coaching and, and we just move forward or, you need to submit a written recommendation for termination. Like those are the options, right? right? So uh, I prepared the recommendation for termination. I have to say, we need to go back a step because I interrupted you and you didn't get a chance to say what you had posted around your office. Oh, yeah. So so one of the things that, that you said, would say to me, like every time I would call you, which I'm embarrassed now <laughs> to think about how many times I called you, and which I have to tell you, I got an email from somebody this week saying, I listened to the podcast about the quirky story, and I'm really curious about your relationship with Mark during that time. Was he a paid consultant? <laughs> <laughs> said, no. No, just <laughs> a longtime not. friend. And, <laughs> and, and this, this makes obvious the number of times I've told people, stay in touch with me, and I'll be happy to help, and how yes. some people do. I'm like, oh, okay. Because I can't, I cringe to think about what that consulting bill yeah. should have been yeah. um, because it was a lot of your well, time. But, but, but all that does, all we're doing now is proving that relationships matter, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. And if you, want, if you want your life to be easier, recognize that the old saying, what will you put on earth to do if not to help one another through? And you should be helping your friends and they should be helping you. And if you don't have friends that can help you in the situation you're in, you don't have enough friends. <laughs> yes. And I'm not talking about people on Facebook either. No, no, absolutely not. So the way you would finish like every call was stay frosty, dude. Stay yeah, frosty. Stay frosty. Stay frosty. That's right. That was not easy. For, I mean, this is, this is what, like 11, 12 years ago? I mean, I, I was pretty young yep. still. Yep. I think I was just... 30, 31. Yep. Yep. I didn't have a lot of professional experience. I'm a high D, high I, which means I tend to shoot first and ask questions later, right? Right. So that was that was really a struggle for me. So what I did was I went online and I downloaded a bunch of pictures of those folks who are in the U.S., I don't know if they have Wendy's overseas, the, the fast food restaurant Wendy's. Right. But at the fast food restaurant Wendy's, they have this dessert called a Frosty. Right. Which is basically like a really yummy chocolate shake. And so I printed out a whole bunch of pictures, different sizes of the Frosty cup with the little swirl <laughs> of chocolate on the top and a straw in it and cut them out. And I had, I had them on my computer monitor. I had one taped to the keyboard of my laptop. So when I was traveling and I flipped my laptop open, there was a frosty. I had a big giant one, probably five inches tall, taped to the inside of my notebook that I would take to meetings. Yeah. I had them taped inside my one-on-one -on -one notebook. So it was just a constant reminder, stay frosty, right? Just, just yeah. stay cool, Danny. Don't let your emotions take over. Um, you know, stay, stay professional. Right. Right. Yeah. And it, and it worked. I have to say, I've never forgotten those words. <laughs> stay, frosty. stay frosty. Okay, stay good. Frosty. All right. So you prepared, I assume, therefore, you prepared your recommendation for termination. I did. All the details, everything. And really it was, 
a synopsis of the previous 11 months, right? Right. Basically saying, you know, okay, as detailed in, you know, previous documents, this is what's been going on for the last 11 months. And then it was a detail of here's what's happened since, you know, I wrote the last, the last document 30 days ago. Right. Um, and this is my recommendation and, um, you know, and here's why, and here's all the examples. Now you, you just can't fire people. Right. So, It has to go through, it has to be approved. So I sent my recommendation to my boss. She's a VP. She has to review it and approve it or she can... She approved it, right? She approved it. She forwards it to HR because HR has to approve it. Basically, then HR approves it and then the CEO signs off on it was the process. Right. Okay. So did you talk to her when she approved it? I did. Yes. How would you have described her support of you? First of all, what was her knowledge of the process you were taking Corky through? Complete? Complete enough? Yes. Okay. Regular. You were proactive in communicating with her. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Separate from politics, she supported it. She did. Yeah. She knew that Corky was not performing well. Yes. And and she believed that the efforts you were making were legitimate. In other words, it wasn't window dressing. You were really trying to help him. Yes, absolutely. Good. And so she approved it. She approved it. And I was confident that she would um, because I knew I'd been keeping her up to date. And because, I mean, she had been saying to me for weeks, you know, this doesn't sound like it's going to end well, Danny. So I was not worried about her not approving it. You know, to me, the question mark was HR because, you know, I didn't have as good of a relationship with HR, right, as I did with my boss. And having never gone through this process before, I didn't you know, I didn't know. Right. I didn't know what they were going to say. The only thing that that I would say I was disappointed in my boss was after I sent this to her and we talked and she said, yeah, I'm approving it. I'm walking it over to HR right now. You know, I'll, I'll take it over to him this afternoon. She said to me, you know, Danny, I hope you're ready because you're going to hear about this from the COO. So, in other words, she supported what you were doing, but she really didn't do what a good boss does, no. which is support you politically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she was a senior VP, right? And I was, I was a senior, I was a director. I was a senior director, like, um, you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. and I just remember, I remember just sitting there on the phone and, and thinking to myself, oh no, you did not just say that. Right. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. But you put that in your Delta file of I'll never I do did. that to my directs. I will never do that yeah. to one of my directs. Right? Absolutely. What I wanted to hear from her, what I kept waiting to hear from her was, you know what, Danny, don't worry about the COO. I'll take care of it. Right? I'll go, I'm going to go talk to the CEO. I'll talk to the CEO. Right. I'll tell them I support you. This is when I carry the water for you. Yes. You've been busting your butt for 12 months. My turn. This is this is politics at my level. I got this. I got this. Yeah. And I did not hear that. Yeah. I was just very and, and frankly, she should have done something at six months and said, hey, your boy Corky is, is struggling and she's got the goods on him and you're going to have to make a decision about whether or not you're going to help your boy or whether you're going to help the organization and the managed professional managers who work in your organization. Yeah. That's oh. what she should have done. Yeah. yeah. That would have been amazing. <laughs> and if she had been told that, if she had done that and the CEO and the COO had said, well, you know, this is a nonprofit and we take care, you know, Corky's been with us a long time. 
then what she should have done is in the next two or three months, she should have arranged meetings and details and so on and plopped weekly one-on-one notes on her de- their desk and say, really, you're going to tell me? If you're going to tell me that, that's fine, but I'm going to call off the dogs. I'm going to go tell Danny, don't bother, and right. I'm going to find another place for Corky to work because it's not fair for Danny to be asked to deliver the results she is while somebody like Corky is not doing their job and you won't help her fire That's him. right. That's what exactly she should have right. done. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. that's political air cover. Exactly. And yep. she didn't do that. She did not. But nevertheless, she did approve it. She basically yes. threw you to the dog. She really did. Yes, she threw you to the did. dogs yes. at 11 months in. And I hope I never run into her in an airport. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll never forget that that call. The best part, though, is what happened next. Yeah. Right? HR. HR. So yeah. the director of HR calls me and she says, hey, Danny, we got we got your paperwork on Corky. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and she says, so I'm calling to let you know that we're approving your recommendation. So we're, we're going to forward it to the CEO, right? He, he has to sign off on it. But once we approve it, he, he signs off on it. Right. Um, and she said, and I just wanted, I just want to let you know something because, you know, we've been watching this stuff come through. Folks, this is the payoff for this entire long cast. Yes. This, this is HR is talking to a to a manager tools manager before there was manager tools. Yes. And she says, I just want you to know that we would have approved this months ago. <laughs> what took you so long? <laughs> yeah. And I remember just being like, oh, yeah, thank you. Right. Like that was worth all the previous year. I assume some of that was related to what she knew you had been doing. She had looked at all the stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I clearly, you know, in in all of my documentation, I made reference to in our weekly one-on-one, in our weekly one-on-one. And so she said to me, so, you know, we were reading your stuff and we, we noticed you keep talking about this, you know, weekly one-on-one. Is that something that you, did you only do that with Corky? Did, or did you do that? Are you doing that with everybody? <laughs> And I said, oh, no, I do that with all of my directs. And she was like, wow, that's really, really great, Danny. And we would have approved this months ago had we known months ago, maybe even at the six-month mark, if we had known six months ago that for the previous six months you had been meeting with him one-on-one every week, we probably could have approved it then. Right. Because nobody is doing it. And then she said, I'll never forget this either. So do you think you could like teach this to uh, some other managers around here? <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Absolutely. So so summarize it um summarize it. I mean, think about it. Yeah, it was the year of very hard work. Very hard work. Disciplined, focused. It was just week in, week out, day in, day out. Yeah. It's like going to the gym. Yes. It's, it's uh, yeah, hard, hard work at the gym. It's like writing a thesis. It's day after day, week after week. It's you don't pull it out at the last minute. You don't pull an all nighter, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's the the over the story of the overnight success that's twenty years in the making, yeah. right? Yeah. And sleepless nights. It wasn't just hard days. It was, I had a lot of sleepless nights of, am, am I doing this right? I, you know, what if I'm not doing it right? What if I have this conversation with Corky tomorrow and he stands up and says, you're, you're an idiot. You don't even know what you're doing. Right. <laughs> right? And, yeah. And just thinking about it. And then the week leading up to when I had to write that termina- that termination recommendation, 
it was one of the longest weeks of, of my life. I mean, it was just so hard. Um, having the responsibility of making the decision of being the one to, to make the decision, to make the recommendation that causes somebody to not have yeah. a job. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's a Big heavy stuff. responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And there wasn't a huge financial concern because Corky had a previous career that he had retired from and he had a pension and I wasn't terribly worried about that, but still the, just the thought of, you know, he's been here for a long time and I'm going to be the one who, yep. Who takes that away. That to, who yep. takes that away. Um, was really hard. And, and I think it should be, I mean, I tell managers at conferences, you know, as much as I share with Mark that I'm not always the biggest fan of, of HR, there's one thing they got, they do right. It should not be easy to fire someone. Exactly. Um, you should struggle. You should have sleepless nights. Yeah. I, I would, you and I would probably agree that they do it for the wrong reason, but the end result is a net plus. And at this point, we'll be happy with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, maybe HR would have approved it sooner. Maybe they would have approved it at the six-month mark or the nine-month mark. But I, I know that I would not have felt right, felt good about it um, because I would have always had in the back of my mind, was there something else I could have done? Was there something I left on the table? Is there something else I could have said? Was there any way that I could have made that turn out differently? And as much as it hurt me to have to, to do that, as much as it was painful and it makes me sad because I really did like him right. um, as a person, I knew that when I look back on that year, I knew that I, hey, I did everything that I could. Um, and, and really, as a manager, I think that that's the best that you can do, right? Well, it's just, yeah. I know I did the best I could do. The, the way you described it to me, I thought was really interesting. You said to me, once the decision was made, I didn't lose any more sleep. No, and that's exactly the opposite of what most managers do. What most people in authority do who are struggling and are doing it wrong, they don't have any sleepless nights until the decision is made, and then they're sleepless. Yeah. If you do the hard work up front, you'll have more sleepless nights, but you'll be at peace when you finally come to the decision. What was it? I, uh, um, well, I'm a big fan of the Travis McGee novels, and his friend Meyer in the, in the Travis McGee series says, if you have a moral dilemma, the hard thing to do is probably the right thing to do. Yes. Right? And <laughs> yeah. when you, in fact, do the right thing that's hard, you don't feel guilty about it. You don't lose any more sleep because using our model, you've done everything you possibly can to help that person, but you can't do their job for them. Yeah. And I remember the moment when, when I made the decision, when I, when I said, you know what, I've done everything I can. Right. Cause it was about, it was about nine 30 at night, one night, like a, a week night. And I was stressing over it and, you know, just, Oh, what's going to happen? What am I going to do? And then just that moment of, you know what, I've done everything I can and, and feeling physically lighter Yeah, and just, Okay, that's yeah. it. The decision is made. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good. That's a. It's just it, we, we. You and I have been living with and telling the Corky story for years now, and yes. finally we can just refer people to this podcast. <laughs> to the cast. <laughs> yeah. Now there's a rest of the story though too, right? I there mean, is. Let's not have that question in the field and not cover it now. The fact is, Corky was politically connected. Yes. And. We elided that by essentially saying, yeah, the COO threatened you, Corky's buddy, but in fact, HR approved the termination. 
Yes. What did the COO do, though? The COO stepped in and got him moved to back to the field office, got him sent back to the field. Yeah. And is it safe to say that your relationship with the COO was damaged because of this? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Even though two years later, they promoted you and they gave you an entire state to run. Yeah. And two, and two years later, actually, he was the one that I was reporting to in that role. And... It was hard. It was difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was tense. Um, and then shortly thereafter, he retired. So, yeah. um, and, and I ended up reporting directly to the CEO. But they asked me to apply for that role, that, that, that state role. Yeah. And because I knew that the COO was going to, was the boss of that position, even though they asked me to apply for it, I didn't, I wasn't so sure I was going to get it because... Right. The, there Maybe was he some, just needed a foil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and again, man, I'll never forget that. And that, that went in my Delta file too of things never yeah. to do. Yeah. But in addition to him stepping in and protecting his buddy, which folks is morally repulsive, he actually talked to you further though, didn't he? He did. Yeah. He, he uh, came down to my office and, um, there was some unpleasant words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was, there was, uh, I believe there was some, uh, some swear words, which was shocking to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, something along the lines of, you know, you don't, you don't know what the bleep you're doing and we can't afford to, you know, lose somebody as good as he is and something to that effect. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty shocking. As if the person's moral value as a human soul is, is this definition of being good and an organization of course that's never true the definition of good is how effective are you and effectiveness is based on whether or not you achieve your objectives corky wasn't good he's a good person we like him we care about him if he needs time or attention or if he's hurt we'll help him if he needs food clothing or shelter we'll give it to him and he doesn't get to keep his job if he's not doing his job right and that's one of the fundamental principles of effective organizational life that is repugnant to many, many people. And yet organizational life is a huge part of what delivers us the incredible standards of living and the safety and security and warmth and, and health that so many of us have. Yeah. It's, for many people, that's a hard dichotomy to deal with. Yes. Um, yes. But as, as the West Point Cadet Prayer says, folks, make us to choose the harder right instead of the easier wrong. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Yeah. Now you feel a little bit lighter again. because I been do. <laughs> folks, I've been telling Danny for the last couple of years, we're going to do the Corky story. We're going to do the Corky story. Yeah. yeah. And, and I finally get credit for shortening things, even though this has been incredibly long. And I think actually probably we ended up probably in three parts, I three would parts, guess, guess. Is that when she first wrote it, folks, it was about 15 pages. <laughs> and she figured out that I wouldn't tolerate that. And so it ended up being five or six, I think, yes. in the final version. Good. So, Danny, thanks so much. Thank and you. And, folks, now you know, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. Awesome.